0: Hey, Scott here with Grace Bible Church. Before we get into this message, I just wanted to thank you for streaming this sermon. We pray that each week you are challenged by who God is and what he has done for you. Now, this is never meant to be a substitute for you to be an active member of a community of faith. If you live in the Holidaysburg area or if you're in town for any reason, we encourage you to gather with us on Sunday mornings for our word and worship. You can learn more about what God is doing through our church body on our website, gbclive.org. Glad that you're here with with us this morning. Um, we always—I I was on vacation last week, obviously—and uh, uh, people were like, "Oh, tell us a story, tell us a story." I'm not going to tell you any stories, uh, but no, uh, tell us a story. So I thought we—we um, we saw this. Don't pull it up yet, but we saw this rigor or whatever you want to call it, just off the shore. It takes storm water from the, the islands and it was set up. It was awesome. And uh, Terry and I, we went out on the Bogue Pier and we go out there and I said, oh, this is great. The sun was shining. It was beautiful. And, and I was like, let's get a selfie with that rigor behind us. And, and so I took a selfie. Can you throw that up there? Yeah yep that's the picture I got. The rigor is behind her head. <laughs> believe it or not, so uh that was our vacation. <laughs> I'd like to do something this morning that the uh first service they they did okay they they left a little room for improvement uh but we're gonna do a responsive scripture reading. so if we can we can pull that, can you guys pull that up? Isaiah chapter one? I'm going to read verse one, you're gonna read verse. I'm going to read verse 3. You're going to read? Oh, no, we're only going to 2. No, we're going down to 9. So you read the verse after I read the verse. Let's read God's word. Isaiah 1, 1 through 9. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people do not consider. Keep going. Why should you be stricken? Why should you be stricken again? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faints. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Strangers devour your land and your presence. And it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. Unless the Lord of hosts had left us a very small remnant, we would have become like Sodom and we would have been made like Gomorrah. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this day. Lord, we thank you we can come together. Lord, we thank you that you're here. With your spirit, you are in amongst your people. Lord, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for giving your life for us. Lord, help us to understand how important you have made us to a lost and dying world. How important it is that we don't check out before you check us out through death. Lord, help us to see that we are important to the very last breath that we uh, breathe. Lord, help us to be faithful until the very last breath we breathe. We just love you and thank you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I have down as a title, Is There Hope for America? And on my notes it says, Is there Hope for America? Nope. Then we can pray and leave. <laughs> is there hope for America? You know, it, it seems like sometimes that there is no hope for America. It seems like that, that, that every so often we see a little glimmer of light here and there, but then, oh my goodness, here we go again. And so it's just it's a difficult time. It's a difficult time in our nation's history. As we look here, uh, what we're looking at is is um, an open court setting and the indictments that God is about to bring against Judah, the southern kingdom, which consists of two tribes, and Jerusalem, uh, the northern kingdom, which consists of ten. A courtroom setting. I will admit, I get a knot in my stomach watching Judge Judy. I mean, I get on there and and, uh, sometimes I have to turn it off. Sometimes I cry. Uh, But she's rough. I mean, she's rough. Can you imagine where God is bringing judgment on a nation, on a people? And here he's bringing this down on the northern and southern kingdom. And he's going to lay this whole thing out. And, And basically what we're looking at, the exact same charges that are brought here could be brought against America July 24th, 2022. The exact same charges. As we gaze across the courtroom floor here, we don't see a tenacious prosecuting attorney, nor do we see a defiant defense attorney. We see Jesus standing alone as judge, jury, prosecution, defense, and before him all the earth is his witness, Verses 1 and 2, what we're going to see here is is that Jesus does not look like your traditional judge. He's a judge who looks more like a concerned father. Isaiah 1, 1 and 2. The vision of Isaiah, son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah, Jerusalem, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, Hear, O heavens, give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children and they have rebelled against me. Who's he speaking to? Oh, you guys are smarter than the first service. I'll just tell you that much. No. Who's he speaking to? His people. Basically, he's speaking to the church. He's speaking to the redeemed. And and he's, he's... Crying out here. He's calling out. He says, I've nourished and brought up children and they have rebelled against me. And God called on all of creation here. The matter of hand of creation, uh, that that creation would agree with him. That's why he has this called up. You know, um, he's crying out to every person and everything. He cries out to the chipmunk. I hate chipmunks. He's crying out to the spotted lantern fly Killed two of them yesterday. He's crying out to all creation. Deuteronomy 30, 19 and 20, Moses makes a similar statement. He says, I, have call, or I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to his fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, to Jacob, to give to them. Wow. He's crying out. His first statement there is, I nourished and I brought you up. You have been well fed, well taught, for a grand purpose, yet you walked away. Do you hear that? You have been well fed. You, you have been well taught for a grand purpose and you've walked away. Well, well you know what, Pastor Lou? I, I, I did my time. It's neat. Where's, where's Nathan? It's neat how when, when we talk about Awana, the people say, I did my time. It's like you were in prison or something. I did my time. <laughs> Yep, I'm ruled now, I'm out. You've been brought for a grand purpose. Your time is up when God takes you out and not until then. Oh, it sounds nice. Listen, last week when we went to the beach, I didn't want to come home. I didn't want to come home. But I did, but I did because I forgot to get my paycheck before I left. <laughs> Listen, it seems nice. The, it, it just seems like this is the greatest thing. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm checking out now, especially for some of us who are a little older. It's time, it's, I've done my time. I've done my thing. No, you haven't. God has called you to serve him and honor him till you breathe your last breath. Now everyone knows. He's calling out to all creation. You know what that's like? That's like getting on a speaker at Walmart. Attention Walmart shoppers. My child is an ungrateful, spoiled brat. If you would like to see him, please come to aisle seven. Now everybody knows. Now everybody knows. In Acts 17, 24 and 25, Says, God who made the world, everything in it, since He is Lord of heavens and earth, does not dwell in temples made up with hands, nor is He worshiped with men's hands, uh, as though He needed anything, since He gives to all life, breath, and all things. We only live and breathe because God allows us to live and breathe. If God chooses, that your time is over, you will stop breathing. I don't care how healthy you are. I don't care how wonderful your life is. If God chooses, he gives you very life's breath. My, my granddaughter, Emmy, she's two, two and a half, something like that. Uh, but whenever she hears something or whatever, she'll go, what happened? What? Okay, her vocabulary is not great. She's two and a half. What happened? What happened? And I'll be like, Emmy, I don't know what happened. That's again what happened. Again, what happened? It's like, what, what happened? And, and we're looking here, what happened? You have rebelled against me, he said. Rebel. The Hebrew word is pasa, to step, to march, or walk away. It also carries the idea of breaking a contract. It seems with each new Supreme Court decision, with a decision that especially come down in America, that we would take one more step away from God. Now I know what you're thinking. Well, obviously you did not see the Roe versus Wade thing. <laughs> yeah, I did. And do you know all the states that are running 10 more laws that are trying to circumvent that? That's a great thing. But I want to tell you something. America, America is running in the wrong direction. It's just running in the wrong direction. You have rebelled against me. Terry and I, last week, I said, Terry, we're getting up early. We're getting up by 11, and we're going for a walk on the beach. And so we're gonna take this walk. We actually got up pretty early. And we come out of our beach house and there's a little driveway and I took her hand and we come walking out to the end of the driveway and she said, look at the husky. Now, usually when she say that, she's talking about me. But uh, she's like, look at the husky. And there's a beautiful young husky, a dog, running down around his beach house. Now, what was cool about it was is that he looked like he was making a commercial because he was running in slow motion. His tongue was out, it was like this long. It was, oh, and slobber was going. And he had a smile on his face. And Dogs don't smile, yes they do. Yeah, he was smiling and he was running. Well, then we saw a young lady and a young man chasing him because he had got loose. And they weren't smiling. And here, here he come, happy, hair, his ears were blown back and he's running. He got hit by a car. Oh yeah, you were all into the story, weren't you? Yeah, you were, oh yeah. And then he gets hit. And I'm not kidding you, 25 to 30 feet, if not that, that dog went down the road. All four paws up in the air going, flopping, Whatever. He gets to the end, and he gets up and, and he took off. And Terry went, oh, Terry was crying. Is she in here? She, she cried. I cried a little bit. Uh, but he gets up and he runs and she's like, oh, he's okay, he's okay. And, and I wanted to comfort her. And I said, Terry, I've seen deer uh, get shot and they, they run for like 50 yards dead. So he's probably gonna die because that's my job as a husband, the comforter. <laughs> and so uh, next thing you know, we see the girl coming around with him, with the dog. And uh, I said, what are you going to do? And they said, we're taking him to the vet right away. Well, the next day I walked over to their house and, and I said to an older gentleman, I said, hey, what happened with, with your dog? And he said, we took him to the vet. The vet said he's absolutely fine. He had no broken bones internally. He was good. Uh, He said, "I did send him home from vacation early. (laughs) He lost his privilege to be on vacation, and so his daughter drove him home uh, from vacation." And he said that she said that he's uh, doing well. You know, he, he he's doing fine. You've rebelled against me, America, a lot of the church. We're running with our ears pinned back, our tongue out, slobber flying. We're happy as can be because we're doing our thing until it all comes crashing down. He said, you have rebelled against me. You have rebelled against me. Psalm 107, 11 through 14. Because they rebel against the words of God and despise the counsel of the Most High, therefore he brought down their uh, heart with labor. They fell down and there was uh, none to help. Then... They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains in peace. You hear that? Oh, it's the book of Judges. It's, they're doing real good, and they forget about God, and they run and they do their own thing, and then they get into trouble, and then, oh, I'm crying out to God, and he reaches down, and he... And he picks them up, and then they get running again, and then they're running from God, and then they forget about them, and it just goes round and round and round and round and round. That's not how the church is supposed to be. That's not how God's people are supposed to be, but that's what happens when they cry out, the Lord. I believe that right now, that to America, to the church in America, that, that God stands like this with an extended hand, He isn't going to make you, he isn't going to make me do nothing. We will do what we want. Will we please God with that? I don't know. I don't know about you. All I can do is what is about me. And I can justify in my mind a million things as I'm rebelling. We're good at justifying rebellion. Well, I earned this. God gave you the strength to earn it. God gave you the power. Use things for the glory of God. Use what he's given you, your talents, your abilities. Use them all of your life. Isaiah 53, 6 says, All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. But the uh, Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. The iniquity of us all. Laid it on Jesus, that we would have hope, that we would have help. It's amazing. Um, Again, we we were on vacation, and down the road from us, two kids were playing, and they found a leg, a human leg. My my stories don't—they're not the nice ones. I'm telling you, dogs getting hit, human leg washes up on shore. People were saying, oh, Hammonds must be on vacation again, body parts are washing up on the shore. They, they think it was a kayaker that went out months ago and they found his kayak and they found his best, but they, I think they found his, his leg. God wants to take Literally the broken pieces, the disjointed bodies, the things that we have, we have come so apart with, where our legs take us, what our hands take us to do, where our minds are fixated, and he wants to bring them and use them for his glory and not be everywhere and anywhere. That was a terrible example, but I liked it. I liked it, I liked think it's true. See, we have a religious appearance in America and truly we have run away from the Judeo-Christian foundation. Prayer in school, gone. Find a nativity anywhere near a government building, it's not gonna gonna happen. And yet we see that we're told that the country wasn't founded on those ethics, but it was. Go to Washington. I told him in our early service, George Gutshaw will drive you down there for a minimal fee in a church van. He'll take you to Washington. Walk around. Read the monuments. Look what's written behind Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln, Lincoln. (laughs) Abraham Lincoln. He was Lincoln's brother, Abraham Lincoln. Look at all the monuments. A tribute to God. A tribute to a nation that's founded under God. So we see in verses uh, three through eight here, he says, you're a troubled nation. You're a, we are a troubled nation. Now again, this is written to Israel. This is written to the southern kingdom, the northern kingdom. But this is so applicable to us. Verses three through eight. The ox knows its owner and the donkey its master's crib. Just stop for a second and I'll finish this out. What do you think of when you think of an ox? It's something that that people used to say to me when I was growing up in school. Close but wrong. <laughs> you're dumb as a you're dumb as an ox. That was a good one though cuz stubborn's coming up next. You're dumb as an ox. And I was like, "Mom, I am not." Dumb as a, these, this is who he's using as examples, an ox and a donkey. And a donkey is, no one want a donkey is, stubborn. yes, stubborn. He's, he's using these two as the good examples. Stubborn donkey, dumb ox. Let's go on here. But Israel, listen to this, but Israel does not know. My people do not consider a last sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a brood of evildoers, children who are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the anger of the Holy One of Israel. They have turned away backward. Why should you be stricken again? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faints from the sole of the foot even to the head. There is no soundness in it. But wounds and bruises and putrefying sores, they have uh, not been closed or bound up or soothed with ointment. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Just a few years ago, we saw a lot of cities burn with fire, didn't we? We'll continue to see that. That'll happen more. Strangers devour your land and your presence. It is desolate as uh, overthrown by strangers. Quite a bit of America is owned by another country. So the daughter of Zion is left as a booth in a vineyard, a hut in the garden of cucumbers as a besieged city. He said, you have forgotten. You forgot, they forgot who led them out of Egypt. They forgot who sustained their very lives. Over a million in the wilderness for 40 years, they forgot. A number of years ago, I had a cat. We had a cat named Teddy. We got little Teddy. Terry got him. Wasn't my fault. Little Teddy was a flea bag. <laughs> so, right off the bat, we had to get him defleed or whatever you do. We got little Teddy D. fleet and we took him home and we bought little Teddy every, I got him the most updated stuff. I got him the, the little rat or the little mouse that rolls or whatever. And it's like, Teddy, you're getting the best. And, and Teddy got this little rat that rolls around and stuff like that. And we got him more toys and we got him catnip or whatever that is. Uh, and we got him a bowl and we got him all this stuff. And little Teddy, little Teddy had everything. He had a place to sleep and all that. And little Teddy climbed up my daughter Danielle's back and tried to rip her eyeball out. Came right around. I've told people, don't tell her, but if, if you come upon her, look just under her eye, just kind of stare under there. And, like, look under, and you'll still see the scar where Teddy tried to rip her eyeball out. Little Teddy. Little Teddy climbed up the at that time the secretary's leg and bit her right here. Little Teddy with all his sweet toys. Cat cat lovers aren't going to love me right now, but I don't really care. I don't like chipmunks, and I don't like Teddy. (laughs) Teddy got a trip with me. We went on a little vacation to the pound. And, And they got all of Teddy's toys, and they got all of Teddy's stuff, because Teddy had forgotten who had him defleed and who had him, all his little toys and stuff. Teddy had forgotten all the good things we had done for him. He decided that he was the cat from hell. They, I heard, I don't know, this might not be true. I heard that it, he went to this farm, the people are missing, they've not been found. <laughs> And he forgot, forgot the hand that fed him. Deuteronomy 8, 14 through 17, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who uh, led you through the great and terrible wilderness in which the fiery serpents and the scorpions and the thirsty land where there was no water, who brought water to you out of the flint, flinty rock? Who fed you in the wilderness of the manna, which your father did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do good in the end? Then you say, listen to this, then you say in your heart, my power and my might and my hand have gained me this wealth. I did it. I did it. Man, isn't it great that we have arms long enough to pat ourselves on the back? I did it. <laughs> got where I am because I'm so smart. I got all these things because all that I, man, you only breathe because of God. The ox, slow, need of constant attention and direction. Donkey, known to be stubborn and stupid. God said, Israel and Judah, even the ox and the donkey remembered the hands that feed them. But you don't. You quickly forget. You quickly run to your own ways. You quickly want to make things nice. We all do it. We all do it. Romans 1.22 says, "Professing." To be wise, they became fools. I don't know if I have it on your notes, but uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 21 this is just a beautiful section on, on how that he said he would bring to naught the wise, those that think that they're so, so smart. They have forgotten. I tell this story and uh, I'm not proud of it. I got a lot of stories that I'm not proud of. I got a lot. I could write a book on things I'm not proud of myself. Uh, I worked at Proctor Sonics. Anybody work at Proctor Sox? Oh my goodness. Nobody. Anybody. I see that hand. Okay. <laughs> I thought everybody worked at Proctor Sox. I worked there. I worked there for six years and then had an opportunity to go somewhere else or to get interviewed. Um, and I, we literally thought that Proctor Sox was hell on earth. We thought that it was that. And uh, so I go and the owner of this business or whatever, I went in and he goes, so he said, I see where you worked here and all this. He goes, just tell me, tell me a little about yourself. I said, well, I worked, I worked at Proctor and uh, oh man, so hot down there and miserable and sick and terrible and all yours and number And at that time, I I didn't know you were there, Jeannie, but the only nice person I knew was Perry Riggleman. It's like everybody else was miserable people, (laughs) that place. He goes, oh, so that's why you want to leave. I was like, yeah, do you need more? He goes, "Uh, what are you going to say about me when you leave this place if I hire you? Well, (laughs) I'll say you're a very nice man. (laughs) taught me a lesson. Here's what he said to me. He said, didn't you have two children on their insurance? Yeah. Didn't you have six years of solid work? Yeah. Then what's your problem? I learned a very big lesson. And you know what? The next six years that I was there, God gave me opportunities for more ministry, I think, than the time that I've been at Grace Bible Church. More opportunities for ministry, right there. When I finally realized, God, this is where you want me to be. You want me to be a testimony for you right here. You want me to stop complaining and all that. You want me to live for you right here in this factory. And for the next six years, I did. I never forgot that. I never forgot that. That I needed to appreciate Slow to learn. said in verse four, they had forsaken. Most of them had turned uh, from the Lord and many others had let down their spiritual guard. Now listen to this. They were not renouncing worship, but they had reduced it to a formality. Their main interest was themselves. Whoa, do you want me to read it again? They were not renouncing worship, but they had reduced it to a formality. Their main interest was themselves. That's where you can really feel good. Because you come in here, I come in here. Hey, I preached in a stupid shirt, I get more bonus points than you do. <laughs> and it's like, I, I'm good now. I'm good now. They have forsaken the Lord. Haggai, which was read earlier, verses, or chapter one, verses three through nine. Then the word of the Lord came to Haggai, the prophet, saying, it is time for you yourselves to dwell, that dwell in paneled houses. And this temple lies in ruin. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have so much and bring in little. You eat, but you don't have enough. You drink, but you uh, were not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm He who earns wages, earns wages and puts it into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up into the mountain and bring the wood and build the temple that I might take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You look for much and indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why says the Lord of hosts? Because of my house that lies in ruins while every one of you runs to his own house. Do you hear that? Well, well guess what? We finished our building project. We paid that baby off so our house don't lie in ruins. It has little to nothing to do with this. It's the ministry that takes place in here. It's the kids, it's the babies that are in the nursery right now. We need nursery workers, Always. It's it's that the people go watch so other people can come up and, and be in the services. We need nursery workers, we need children's workers who love children. We need a wanna workers. You see, because th- this this house is built, the, the loans paid off or whatever. But that's just the beginning. It's to facilitate and bring glory to God in every area, from the youngest to the oldest. We got to be careful. Sorry, i got to spend a little bit more time in my paneled house. I had paneling once. I hate paneling like I hate chipmunks. If you like paneling, that's okay. I painted over mine. Listen, we need to wake up. We need to wake up as believers. Judges 10, 13, and 14, He says, You have forsaken me and served other gods. That's anything that you put before God. Therefore, I will uh, deliver you no more. Go and cry out to the gods which you have chosen. Let them deliver you in your time of distress. Churches are running to everything. Do you know right now there's an uh, agnostic church? How many of you have ever attended the agnostic church? One, two, three. Okay. Uh, atheist for Jesus. There's an atheist for Jesus church. There is the Marijuana Church. I was there a little while. <laughs> it didn't work out. I had the right shirt, but I... There's the Beer Church. Man, we got every church. We got church for anybody, because we're America. Oh, there's a whole list more, but I'm not going to read them. Do you know the porn industry makes over $10 billion a year in America? 10 billion, many Christians surveyed have a very strong problem with it. 7.2 billion gallons of beer drank a year at Pastor Richie's house. <laughs> no, he only drinks about a billion gallons a year. <laughs> but, you know, but you know what, as Christians, we drink in moderation, as the Bible say. We never step over that line, (laughs) right? You don't even know what your line is. There is $42 billion in financial loss because of alcohol. Insurance and hospital related, nine million youth, 12 to 17, are arrested on alcohol charges. Hmm. Maybe you ought think or rethink how you're dealing with the things that bring you so much pleasure. We have forsaken the Lord. He said in verses five through eight that they had fallen. From the human standpoint of view, the nation was prospering, but from God's point of view, the nation was like a wretched victim who had been beaten from the head to the foot and left to die. The wounds had become infected and the whole body was diseased and nobody was doing anything about it. You see, America is rotten from the inside out. From the White House to the church house. I'm not saying here that everybody, but I'm just saying from the White House to the church house in America, America is rotting from the inside out. The church at Laodicea in Revelation 3.17, he said, because you say I am rich and become wealthy and have need of nothing, do you not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, and blind, and naked? Hmm. You think you're really cooking. We need to look in the light of the word of God. This might be too old for some of you. King Arthur and the Black Knight and Monty Python's Holy Grail. Do you remember him? Whenever they came and uh, they're like, well, we want to go through. I'm not going to let you go through. And they, they cut off his arm and, and he has one arm and then and he's like, I'm not going to let you go through. And they cut off a leg. Next thing you know, he don't have arms or legs and he's, he's there bouncing and he's like, but a flesh wound. <laughs> Dude. We run around like we run around like that. There's no problem. America needs Christ. America needs to see Christ in and through you and in and through me. This last verse, literally, I preached this whole message for this last verse because this this last verse is one that I've grabbed a hold of. It's the most important verse of the entire text. But listen to verse nine. Isaiah 1.9, he says, unless the Lord of hosts had left to us a very small remnant, we would become like Sodom and we would have been made like Gomorrah. That ought to rock you to the core. Do you see that? Except for a very small remnant, we would have been, excuse me, we would have become like Sodom and have been like Gomorrah that you can't find anything bigger than a teaspoon to represent that country anymore. Hmm. So, what do we do? How about we make America great again? Again? Or, oh wait, maybe we could build back better. Yeah. Just a thought. Just a thought. How about, how about joining the very small remnant party. How about joining that party, the very small remnant party? Because hope for America doesn't lie in any president that ever sits in the office, ever. It's great whenever there's, there's people in who, who uh, go with the, the things that we believe about Christianity and all that. It's wonderful. Vote for politicians that will follow uh, at least some of the godly things. Do that. But they are not the answer. They are not the hope. They are not the hope for America. They're not the hope for your family. And they're not the hope for you. The only hope for us is Jesus Christ who gave his life at Calvary to redeem us from our sins, save us, save our soul, and give us hope for the future. Join the party of the still, small remnant. Judges chapter seven, Gideon was facing a Midianite army, 135,000 men. Gideon had 32,000. And God said, oh, Gideon, the odds are terrible. They're just awful. And Gideon's like, you're right. You're right. He said, so go out and get rid of some of your men here. And he dropped them down to 300. 300. Against 135,000. And he won a glorious victory. Judges 7, 7 says, then the Lord said to Gideon, By 300 men who lapped, who didn't stop, they were heading to do what what I had called you to do. I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hands. Let all the other people go, every man to his own place. You know what God's saying right now? The same thing. And there's a lot of people, a lot of Christians going to their own place, setting up their own little things. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm done, I'm checking out, I've had it. Time to check in. Time to start being a part of that still small remnant that's out there. Three hundred men. You know what Grace has? About six hundred and fifty people. <laughs> we have double what Gideon had. What could God do with us? Six hundred and fifty. So I leave you with this: most important thing is, are you a part of that remnant? Are you are you a believer? Are you a believer that can either just kind of go off and do your own thing and have a little happy life till you die? Are you part of the remnant? Are you born again? Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your personal savior? If you haven't, you can do that right now in the quietness of your seat. If you haven't, you can walk in the back and there's somebody back there who will show you more scripture about asking Jesus Christ to forgive your sins and save your soul, that you are redeemed for all eternity. But if you're part of that still small remnant, guess what? There's great hope for America. If you're part of that still small remnant, there's great hope for your family. And if you're part of that remnant, there's great hope for you regardless of what you've been experiencing. There's great hope for you because you know what God calls you to do? The natural He calls you to do the natural. And when we're following him, he will do the supernatural in it.